Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Central Expressions right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy. My wonderful guest all the way from the UK is Lily Walford. I actually had a wonderful session with her yesterday, a group session, where she was talking about what you know wonderful relationships why we're not having them how we connect to them how we invite them and it was really really fruitful i took a lot of notes and we're going to be talking about a lot of that today she calls it love intelligence she says you know they love to see their clients get life-changing results and finding that loving connected relationships that they are both inspired and excited by having creative freedom to use their passion for uh, from psychology and behavioral change to provide that help that we ourselves once needed and you know one of the beautiful things that we talked about yesterday was um was really what is in the way of us having a relationship what is a relationship is it something we need do we need we want it what are obstacles we put in the way what are we really looking for uh, past experiences and how they get in the way and you know this is we're coming into a new year and we'd like to kind of change the vibration when it comes around to our relationships and what we want out of life. And very often, we just don't know how to ask ourselves those right questions. Um, and we get too much caught up in past relationships that we just don't know how to move forward from that. And of course, first and foremost, before you have a relationship with anyone else, you've got to have one with yourself. Right, Lily? Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more because most people try to skip that part of having that relationship with themselves. Um, because I always say you can only connect to someone as deeply as you are connected to yourself. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you're not connected with yourself, you're going to really struggle to connect with others. Well, you're reflecting out the wrong message, yes. wrong invitation. You know, it's be the light you seek and then you will find that light that can step into your light right yes exactly and I think the other thing is as well you know if you're from this place of um, not really connecting with yourself and not appreciating yourself you, when you connect with others you're going to connect from a place of need yeah a need for validation a need for you know for approval need for all these different things versus just being able to actually enjoy connection yeah I don't need somebody I would like someone yes and it's, it's a different a approach altogether yeah yeah <laughs> Definitely. Such yeah. a difference. You know, one of the things that we brought up um, kind of a lot yesterday with, of course, with narcissism and a new other things, we're mm -hmm. going to get to it all, but is, you know, asking yourself why you want a relationship. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. I think, I think it's quite funny because a lot of people forget we are wired for connection. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think it's really important to be able to acknowledge that part, but also to acknowledge that you're not going to be compatible with everyone as well. Right. And I think so many people, like you're saying, because they don't know themselves, they go into relationships and try and fit the needs of other people and then wonder why they don't feel fulfilled or happy in that relationship. Guilty because, as charged. Oh, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> And, you yeah. know, 
that's a great lead in actually into then inviting and attracting the narcissism you know mm. that and you know narcissistic people are very much in it for themselves uh generally they can be very charismatic they can talk themselves out of or into anything uh you forgive them all the time because of that but really bottom line is it it's what's in it for them not what's in it for you yes exactly exactly and um yeah i, I love that the analogy it's so so freaking true around narcissism i think the other thing that um, a lot of people can um, forget about because narcissism tends to be such a buzzword in the yes. relationship and yeah. dating industry. Yeah. Um, but it's the fact that narcissism is actually an, a, a, almost like a, a, uh, a deformity within the brain. Mm. The empathy part of the brain is actually underdeveloped. Yes. And it's very, 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 very similar to almost autism mm -hmm. because with autism, they're able to feel empathy but they aren't, they struggle to see it or With express it. Yes. Yeah. And then narcissism, you know, they're able to see it, but they're not able to feel it. Mm. So from that place, they're able to go, ah, okay, what does this do? How, how does yeah. this work? And they almost use it because people always forget as well. When we, when we're influenced or manipulated, it's not through our intelligence, right? It's through mm. our empathy. You know, yeah. if I turned around to someone and said, oh, that's really stupid to think that way. We'd really struggle to carry on talking about that point. And that's not a, using that logic. It's the right. fear of be, having that disapproval yeah. and not being approved of. And that's exactly how, you know, manipulating with someone with empathy works. And they do that so well to the point where so many people lose themselves after those those relationships because they haven't had that space to have that self-expression to be who they are they almost just turn into the external hard drive of the yeah. narcissist in that relationship <laughs> oh so very very true and you know one of the things you know i've done quite a number of shows on narcissism and actually two women in england we, we did broke down what is a narcissist versus sociopath psychopath narcissistic mm. parenting and then broke down what the various levels of narcissism and it was an eye opener most certainly but you know one of the things that we don't realize um our children when they're born it's purely about their survival they don't yes. not thinking about anyone else it's about them the next meal the next this the next that and it's up to us to teach our children that empathy, that kindness, that lovingness, that the ability to share, that it's not all about them. Yeah, it is, it is important to be, to feel validated whole and, and, you know, love and everything else. We've got to be that, but mm -hmm. we don't learn to be that if we're always hungry for attention, for need, for validation or anything else. If we can't teach empathy to our children, how are they going to grow up? empathizing with other people because they're still very much in that need for survival what's in it for me type thing and that's really kind of where a narcissist comes from so the empathy part the way that we actually learn empathy is as babies mm. and it's through facial expressions yes so um and often we find it's this little bit of uh, muscle here that actually shows empathy and uh, there's actually a study going on that people who choose to have Botox and then have babies after the uh, Botox will actually have children that aren't um, uh, very in tune with their emotions ah. or have that level of empathy. Wow. So it's, all, it's, it's very much to do with the uh, facial expressions because when, he, when he, a parent sees a baby's crying, 
they'd be like, you know, worried, you know, oh yes. gosh, this baby's crying. And they recognize that. So, um, and mimic it as well. So babies love to mimic those facial expressions. Yeah. I mean, I've got an eight month, uh, eight and a half month old grandson. And, Aww. you know, you know, when you, when you actually have children, you're so in the midst of raising them, but you know, when you have a grandchild, there's, there's more time to observe and, yes. you know, kind of be more integrated <laughs> and, and he's most certainly full of expression and it's a, uh, you know, it's it's the teaching him, no, don't do that right now. You know, yes. and the sad face, oh, as opposed to the happy face, you know, and it's yes. like, and uh, he's going to kind of try his limits to see where those limits are, right? But the more you teach them that, the more they're going to be in tune with kindness and caring and caring for other people's feelings through yes. their life. And, and also more acknowledge their own feelings, because I think, in a lot of ways, society has told us to run away from how we feel and told us how we should be. And yes. those should be is so disconnected from who we really are that we're flapping in the wind all the time. Yes, I totally agree. You know, you think about even down to social conformity. Oh. You, know, you know back in the caveman era if we were if we didn't do that we wouldn't survive if we right. weren't accepted by the tribe and there's still that um yeah. whether it's biological whether it's more of conditioning whatever it is there's still that element of being afraid of standing out from the crowd or, or going against what normally people should do <laughs> yes they're not fitting in and isn't that the same right. you know when it comes to relationships is that we look for people who are going to, uh, you know, they want me, they need me, mm -hmm. and, you know, they complete me. Oh, right? and, you know, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 this year, mm -hmm. I just watched kind of, you know, the, the Bachelorette and, and the Paradise and, thing, and watching the train wrecks of relationships where, you know, nobody's really communicating. Everybody seems to be on show. You know, uh, is this what you want from me? You know, do I make you happy? And it's like, I want to have a conversation. I, I, anything you want, you know, and mm -hmm. it's like, it's a facade. And it's like, there are so many people that are so scared to talk from the very core, even from the, yes. the fears or their doubts, because they're so scared to be vulnerable or to look weak or, or that you won't like me anymore. Mm. And that's not a relationship, is it? Oh, no. And it's, it's also a lack of self-expression. You know, when we come back to this connection to you, you know, it's actually being comfortable with who you are, being comfortable with actually what you want. And I think one of the scary questions I tend to ask people that so many people struggle to answer is what makes you happy? Yeah. <laughs> I think a like, lot of people would say, well, what's happiness? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like, and, and that's sad because it shows that level of disconnect. It shows that level of, okay, doing the tick boxes, cool. I've, I've gone to school. I've got the job. Yeah, I'm in yes. the relationship, got married. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 2.2 2 kids. Yeah. Yes, yes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Why aren't I happy? <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's the sad point. I mean, the amount of people I've known who've been in, you know, well, not being funny, when we look around us, and look at the relationships that people have. It's like, how many of those relationships that you know of would you say, I would love a relationship like that? Oh, boy, yeah. yeah. Many of the people and I it, interview, they think, oh, what a wonderful soul you are. And yes, they're married. You know, <laughs> they're happy because they've, <laughs> they've, they've done the work on themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't come for someone to fix them. I've always drawn people that needed to be fixed. You know, yes. that, that I was there to show them who they were, to, to light up their life into being all they can be. And then it's like, well, I don't need you anymore. 
Yes. Right? You know, I've, I've been there too. Yeah. yeah. And there's this beautiful element of of enjoying being needed. Yes. Called, yes. You know, there's a safety in that. They yeah. don't need to leave me because they need me. <laughs> but And then the other equation of that is that as long as I'm in service of someone else, then I'm, I'm in purpose. You know, if for me to ask for my own needs and my own wants is selfish. Mm. And this is the other thing. Yes, because I found I found when I was in that mode in, in a relationship was it was a way to ignore myself. Oh, yeah. And it was like, oh, gosh, when that relationship tended and it was like, OK, I need to be alone with myself and my thoughts. It was like, oh, this is terrifying. Who can yeah. I call? Who can, you know, what's social media? You know, it's like it's this level of panic mm. because we, we don't get taught to connect with ourselves. Yeah. We don't get taught to say, OK, what do you want or prioritize yourself? Yes. And even it's in what health- you can do for everyone else, not what you can do for yourself. Right. Right. And that comes down to like um, parental conditioning. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because that's where we get taught, okay, this is what I need to do to be able to get love. Yeah. And it'll be different for everyone. So there might yes. be one that's, um, you know, oh, if I fell over and hurt myself, you know, that's the way I'd get love and attention. Yeah. If I was a child that helped a lot, you know, and, uh, oh, I'll do the cups of tea, I'll get you a cup of tea, or yeah. I'll do the washing up. You know, that's the way that they would get their attention and get love. Um, but you'll have people who would uh, love to strive to achieve Oh, look, I got an A today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the funny thing is, that's what goes into child, you know, that's what, um, sorry, that childhood patterning goes into the adult life, yeah. but not just in our relationships. No. No, that never... goes into business, yes. friendship, everything. Um, so well, which everything talk... is a relationship. We're not just talking yes. about relationships with, a, 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 you know, a opposite sex or same sex, you know, that yes. love relationship we're talking about even your business transactions are relationships yes right exactly exactly and it's like when we're currently we're currently always um, searching to fulfill that um that childhood that we had you know we, we try to recreate that adult life wherever we go so when people are going oh i don't know what's going on i keep going to the same relationship again and again yes. and again it's an element of refilling you know, when fulfilling yeah. that uh, childhood, but also if there was an element like um, of having a parent that uh, withheld affection, you might find that you've gone into relationships where that partner is, you know, withheld affection. And that tends to be a trauma pattern that we're trying to, yeah, honey. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> right? I married my father. <laughs> but yeah but it's crazy you know it's crazy when we think about it and we try to you know fix the problem that we had as a child as an adult and other people it's like okay only if I could just do this maybe that'd be okay that maybe that would get me the attention maybe they would uh, love me now yes Mm. and the thing is as well like I don't know if you found this too but it's like taking this step from realizing it's nothing personal like I used to find right. everything, you know, anything that a partner did, it was like, oh, yes, okay, what did I do? Is that I know. okay? You know, yeah. what's going on? And we want to take that responsibility for everything. Yes, guilt, 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 guilt. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like the John Roos uh, for agreements. Uh, speak your word with integrity. Mm. Don't assume, ask. Um, don't take everything personally. It's their projection. Yes. Don't take it on. And simply do your best based on, you know what you truly unnaturally feel is your best and there are four good codes to go by 
Yes, I couldn't Especially agree. not taking it personally. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think the other thing, I, cre- I created um, the four C's of, of a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. This has been like super popular since I've launched it. And um, it's about, uh, the first one's about compatibility. So Huge. compatibility needs to be, yes. yes, super important. So we've actually got a compatibility matrix that we take people through in order to meet the one. And as a result of that, we've had people meet the one within, you know, just under three weeks. Wow. Um, yeah, it's incredible. And obviously we've got things like communication, having that openness and that freedom to be able to say the things that we need to, to express ourselves. Um, uh, the next one is consideration. Because if mm. there's no consideration for each other, well, you know, where, where's the relationship? And the last one, and this is where most people tend to um, get it wrong, and it's collaboration. I don't agree with any of the compromise stuff. Yeah. I don't agree with that because that means that someone's suffering and they're not getting what they need. But I believe in collaboration. But there's a step that you need to get right before you can collaborate. I would add another C there. <laughs> Compassion. Compassion. Yeah, true, true. Because if, you know... If we're not compassionate in our communication, yes. if we're not compassionate even in the collaboration, you know, if we're not compassionate in our consideration, you know, how are we going to find that compatibility? Very true, very true. And, and the compatibility side of things is based on, the, it's almost like when we look at love, especially long-term love, it's a journey. Yeah. You're finding someone who wants similar things to you. It's going to end up at the same zip code or postcode. <laughs> You're looking for someone who wants a similar lifestyle. So you have a similar mode of transport. Right. You want to find the person that has similar taste in music. So you're living by similar yes. life rules. You know, it's finding all these different things. Because if you're going into a relationship and you're both putting in two different zip codes, or you try, you're trying to drive in two different vehicles, or yeah. you're trying to fight over the radio, well, that's going to be an issue. And it's going to make the journey harder. Yes. And uh, or yeah, somebody's uh, going to have to give up their lifestyle, their home, their something else. And yes. I gave up my lifestyle for you. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. But um, we're kind of going back to the collaboration piece. So like when we have a look at where you actually need to be in order to collaborate in a, in a healthy way, it's actually you need to be a whole human being to begin with. Yes. And what I mean, yeah, what I mean by that is that you need to be accountable for your happiness. You need yes. to be accountable for your goals. You need to be accountable for your emotions, all these different things. Because if you're not at that stage, you're going to end up going into something that's codependent where you feel responsible for someone else's happiness and you know whenever you go whenever you want to talk about something or resolve anything can you go I really don't like it when you said that and they go well I didn't say that there's Mm. no accountability to work with right (laughs) we can be our own worst enemy Mm -hmm. right and our own inner disconglobulation can bring about our own dysfunction, which we project on others, and then we blame them for how we feel. Yes. Yes, totally agree. That doesn't make a good relationship. (laughs) (laughs) At the same time, though, we want to know that we can be vulnerable about our fears, about our concerns, about our insecurities, and be able to share that in trust with the person we've chosen Mm -hmm. to love without it being thrown back in our face. Yes, completely, completely. And I think it comes back to this level of expectations. Mm. It's like when we share things, what do we actually need? 
And often, and this is quite a funny pattern with men and women, often women just want to be able to get it off their chest and just yeah. get it out there. And uh, they don't want anything else but just a listening ear. Or not a hug. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I got you. <laughs> yeah. And, and what tends to go wrong is men love to step in and fix it. <laughs> and this causes horrible butting of heads um, scenario. Yes. So it's like almost allowing yourself to say, okay, what's the expectations of this? What do you actually need? And also being able to communicate that. Like, look, okay, I, I, need, um, I need you to listen because I'm struggling right now about this scenario. Can I talk to you about it? yeah <laughs> it's okay to set the parameters of what you need yes. I've even got a, um, a friend who you know when he talks about uh, his wife and he shares um, he shared with me what it's like when they when they talk things through and he actually has to ask his wife saying okay is this just a listening conversation or do you want me to solve it and it's it's finding this way to work and collaborate together in a way that works well for the relationship yes um, I think the fixing it you know i've in in my profession i've been there to help people heal themselves see themselves embrace themselves so you know i could go away on holiday and find myself a little corner to read a book and i'll end up having somebody drawn to me you know it's just the way it is <laughs> uh, and so you know i've had you know people who fell in love with me for that kind of person who i am then mm -hmm. resent me for being it right mm -hmm. so it is you you know you want to have somebody if they celebrate who you are that that celebration goes beyond because it's like oh yeah you did this for me you did that for me now i resent you because you know too much about me mm. right and i want to go and take this new person and give it to someone else <laughs> yeah and it kind of falls into the pattern of um you know do you love the person or do you love the potential or, or do you love the solutions that they've mm -hmm. given you, you know, the reflection they've given of you and you've now stepped into yourself and you feel really good. And you're looking like, well, when I look at you, I'm reminded of what I was. Mm. Yeah. And it's that level of vulnerability. Yeah. I, I think, you know, the, the greatest gift you can give yourself and to give on anyone else is your vulnerability. Mm. But that big word trust comes into play. How do you trust people with that vulnerability? What are the signs that you can trust someone with that vulnerability? Yes. So one of the things that we do, we're able to um, teach people how to read body language at a level where you can basically see the truth better than a polygraph machine. Mm. And uh, of course, you know, it's really important to understand what you're looking at and what you're looking for. And there's, there's loads of different combinations of this. So if I said, okay, there's certain body language to look, with, look for, there's not just one thing that you can look for in, in order to say, okay, that's definitely it. It's a combination of body languages that you're looking for. So one thing that I think is really important when you're around someone and you're wondering whether to trust them, the first thing I'd say is just feel into your body. Okay. Yeah. Before you learn any of this stuff, feel into your body because your body's going to tell you, okay, is this right? Is this wrong? And what we tend to do is. A little tingle and tell it. Exactly. And what we tend to do is we tend to ignore it. I know. We tend to go, okay, nope, maybe, you know, give this person the benefit of doubt or go yeah. ahead for it anyway. And this sort of 
comes back to childhood. Mm-hmm. You know, this comes back to when we turn around and go, oh, mum, I don't, I don't like that man over there. And, and, you know, they turn around and say, oh, don't be silly. You know, it's brought you a lovely Christmas present. Go and say thank you. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's how we play it out. Yeah. But going exactly. back to the body language, there's a couple of things that you can, that you can look at. And what I would say is when you're looking at the body language, look for at least three, because that will give you a better read. So I'll give you three that you can look for and look for these together. So the first one is blink rate. So when you're having a look at how many times someone blinks, you're kind of getting a little bit of a baseline of where they're at. So if they're slow blinking, it shows that they're really engaged and they're listening. If they are um, blinking more than 12 blinks per minute, that shows that they're stressed, that shows a possible adrenaline spike, which happens when we lie. Um, So it could be that person's stressed, or it could be that they're lying. If they're lying, there's gonna be three other things that are gonna happen at the same time. So the other thing that you can look for as well is lip compression. And that's when we purse our lips, when we push our lips together. So we go, um, yeah, a bit like like that. So if we said something on the lines of, oh, how's the new job going? Go, yeah, it's great, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, and that shows that we're withholding something emotional. Right. Okay, so I'm not going to speak any further on it yet. <laughs> yes, yeah. And then the other one is dig- digital flexion. So if we're feeling really comfortable, we're going to have our hands out, we're going to be expressed. Even if our hands are laying on the table or something like that, the fingers are going to be extended if we feel comfortable. If we're not, our fingers automatically go into our fists. Yes, clenched. Okay, even if it's just a little bit. And that's just showing, okay, we're not feeling comfortable, we're retracting. So if you said something like, um, let's say you're on a date and, you know, you say, okay, I'm looking for a long-term relationship and they go, yeah, me too. And yeah. you see their hands going, that's going to give you a big ind- indication. Yeah, let me like that. you did that for just the listeners right now. It's me too, yeah. hands clenched, lips um, posed and moving the body back. Yeah. Right. And, and the thing is like, you know, these are just a few, I think there's, Gosh, probably over a hundred that we go through in our academy that you can look out for. Yeah, you know, it's, there's two, excuse me, when a person feels relaxed, the shoulders are down, you know, the smile is there, the arms are open, you can feel, they're engaged, they're engaged. Yes. But then there's also that person, back to the narcissist, the person that's very egocentric, they are very, very good at appearing, charming, really into you, right? Mm-hmm. They've kind of got that smoothie down. But there's almost what I call a slimy antenna that can go up. You know, yes. like, oh, you know, this just feels a little too slimyish. Where it's like, are they for real? You know, they just, mm-hmm. they're laying on the butter so much that it, it's like, mm, you know, uh, they're agreeing with everything. They're complimenting you up one or the other. And it's like, okay, you know, it's, can I trust this? And that really goes mm-hmm. back to those instincts, isn't it? You know, because let's face it, you know, that first date can be very, very awkward. You know, nobody really quite knows what to say or what to do. You're navigating at this yes. point, right? You're learning mm-hmm. to read each other. It's okay to have nerves. It's okay to kind of like, you know, trip over yourself. That's honest reaction. So, but, mm-hmm. you know, you can also tell when somebody, 
it's just a little too smooth. Yes, well, it's a, it's a really easy way of seeing if someone's a narcissist or not. Really, really simple. And it comes back to, you know, like we were talking about the facial expressions yeah. with um, babies. So a narcissist, when, they be, when they're a teenager, they start to realize that actually they're slightly different to everyone around them. So they have to start to learn how to integrate. So what we find is, is with facial expressions, there's a difference between a genuine facial expression and a negative one. So if someone's genuinely happy, they don't suddenly go, oh, you know, afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if it gradually moves off the face, it doesn't suddenly just disappear. So, and this is exactly what we're looking for. We're looking for genuineness. And the only way you're going to have genuine emotions is if there's that level of empathy. Yeah. So when we're looking at a narcissist and we tell them a really sad story, and we're like, oh my gosh, you know, the lost the job and this happened and that happened. You know, if we're telling a really sad story, people are going to start to empathize and show those facial expressions. Mm. But what a narcissist would do is suddenly switch the conversation or the, or the transition will be too fast. Yeah. And that shows that there's not that genuine emotion there. They're not truly listening or caring. Yes, yes. And the other thing that's, that's a huge red flag is not being able to take the answer no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, wanting can, to be in control of everything. Yes, yes. And it can be so subtle. It can be so, so subtle. You know, it could be that you've asked someone to do something a certain way and they've gone ahead and do, done something completely different, you know, done it a completely different way. It could be that you've asked if you could go on a date on a certain day and they've said, no, let's move it to this day. It can be just really subtle things where they've stopped you from doing the things that you want. And if you're a polite, agreeable person, <laughs> it's gonna, you're not going to think about it. You're going to go, oh, okay, yes, I'll move that around and I, I will do it that, you yeah. know, even though it's not easy for me and it's more easy for you on that day, fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like, mm, yeah, where are those boundaries? You know, we can find yes. a compromise, right? Yes. And mm -hmm. if there isn't that flexibility there, it's a warning sign, right? Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, I think, you know, we talked about it, you know, at the beginning there, but really, um, we've all got some baggage. It doesn't matter who you are, how old you are, you know, how young you are, we've all carrying some yes. sort of baggage. The last thing we want to do is bring that baggage to a relationship, right? On the other hand, if you are willing to go through the process to clear that baggage, to understand it, maybe there's some scars left, there'll always be scars. And you're open and honest about that in a relationship, right? It's like, mm -hmm. it isn't about talking about your ex or this or that, and I'm not going to tolerate that. You know, that is not invitational. But it's like, I just have to let you know, I've, I've had a rocky relationship. I've, you know, gone through some stuff. I'm working on myself to improve, yes. right? But <clears throat> don't take things personally if I feel a little insecure. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's okay. And, that, and that's okay. That's a perfect way, like you said, that vulnerability. And I think um, just to add on that is to not treat someone like your counselor. Right. <laughs> yes. Because a lot of people like going, I'm guilty of this, going to like, oh my god, my job's so bad, or this is yeah. terrible, or this, and expecting them to fix it. It's like it, it, there's a healthy way 
and an unhealthy way to everything. And I think, you know, being able to share something so with someone, just to let them know, you know, so it's protecting the relationship is super important, but it's that element, it's the intention to protect, yeah. and to do things in the, for the benefit of that relationship. That's super important. You know, I've put this under the show of central expressions because central expressions mm. always gets misconstrued. People think that sensuality equals sexuality. And it's really mm. just being in tuned with your senses. And being a person that's, um, you know, very empathic and, and spiritual, I've always been very in tuned into my, my senses where it has been very, very misconstrued through my years as being a sexual invitation. And it's like, if somebody's very, very engaged with their senses and very enthusiastic, you know, I think if you are pursuing someone, if it's a sexual relationship and that's all it is, okay. But if you're pursuing somebody as a potential lifetime partner, it, I don't believe, and this has not been prudish, this is just being, I think, kind of defining a relationship, the, the sexuality, even if you're turned on by someone, shouldn't be the <laughs> forefront you know, because the, A, there's something about the foreplay, you know, they, the wooing before the screwing, so to speak. Um, <laughs> and, but it, you, you, want to, you want to build some, you know, uh, um, some connection with each other that when you do finally get there, it's a connection like no other. So mm -hmm. we're in a society that very much that puts that sex up front. And I think that can get in the way of building a relationship. What do you think? Am I just being a prude here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think my, my take on this is, is whatever works for you and whatever you're comfortable with, because that's super important. There's no one size fits all. And I think if someone is a bit of a scallywag, <laughs> they're going to be a scallywag before and they're going to be a scallywag yes. after. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, sex doesn't change if you're a nice person or not. Right. I mean, if it's forefront sexually driven, then you mm -hmm. kind of wonder, can there be anything else? If it's not around the sex, is there anything else there? Mm -hmm. I think it depends on where the attractions come from in the first place, because we assume that, you know, sex is all about this level of attraction and things like that. It's often this. So with attraction, and this is super interesting because I've sort of had a look at uh, all these different elements, whether from like, you know, masculine to feminine energy and all these different things. But my actual take on this is if you feel like someone's an equal to you, mm. because there's this element of saying, wow, I can rely on you. I, I know that I can fall back and you can catch me. But as soon as we're with someone who we don't feel that with, suddenly that attraction and that sexual attraction goes. Yes. Yeah? Yes. So that's often what we're looking for. So I think sometimes it's, it's how we interpret it. And I think sometimes we know the difference of if we're pursuing it for purely just a sexual reason um, and whether we're actually pursuing it for a connection. Mm -hmm. And usually there's that conversation um, you know, just before something happens anyway. <laughs> and, you know, don't, um, don't feel pressured. Yes. You may have a, a sexual thing and, you know, oh, they're all hot and thingy. If you really do want to, to explore that this is a relationship that goes deeper than that and you go, no, not now, yes, you know, and okay. that other person is pressuring you, then they're not looking for the same thing you're looking for, right? 
yes well they're not thinking of you right and I think it's like this is where it comes back to like what works for you what's going to feel good and I think there's a real underestimation of like how important emotions and feelings are like you said that sensuality yes because your body will tell you if it's right your body will tell you if it's wrong it's just your job to be able to listen to it (laughs) but that's the the main ingredient isn't it is listening to our entire senses our senses are there for a reason and it's like our emotions are there for a reason if we're feeling sad mad glad happy whatever it's a reason to feel that in that moment what's making me feel like that Oh, it's a temporary feeling. I can let it go. I can spend it, move on. Mm, Now this feeling is lasting longer. I need to really look at this in order to release it before I become emotional about the emotion. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Entunement, I think, is really, really important. But I think that's probably one of the hardest journeys I think people make in any form of relationship is the relationship with self in Mm. trust, love, and caring and compassion. Um, self-love I think for so many people is one of the hardest things to find because it's always that persecution that we're so very good at Mm. and I think for for me for what I've found is that it kind of falls back on this identity Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's like okay what are the what's the story that you're telling about yourself yeah because if you're constantly telling yourself, I can't be loved, or if I'm loved, I'm going to be abandoned, or I'm not worthy, or whatever it might be, as soon as you go into the behavior of, okay, here's self-love, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter how much you do, you know, you're either going to sabotage it, or you're just not going to be able to enjoy it and accept it, because your right. body's going, well, this isn't you. <laughs> yeah. So it's almost like, you know, trying on an outfit you know, that's completely out of your style. And you just go, oh, this just feels uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't yeah. really want to see me like this. <laughs> yes. Everything suddenly is bulging everywhere, right? You know. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's, taking, it's taking that story and saying, okay, well, is it true? Because that's a story that you've created as a child. And it's yes. a story you know, often created to protect yourself as that child. Which we carry on into adulthood and we can, yes. it's our defense mechanism and it's, it's not working for you folks, you know. Having self-confidence in, in your life and who you are, I mean, we talk about this in business shows, is that when you are presenting yourself, people are going to buy who you are before they're going to buy anything from you, right? If they feel confident in who you are and how you represent in yourself, the resonance of which you are, you know, and the essence of you, that's who they you know, I can now trust this person. I want to do business with this person. I feel them. I have a connection, right? But if you're not that connection with yourself, how can you share that connection with anyone else? So that exactly. inner journey is, I mean, the hardest journey you'll ever have in life is that one into why is this child so vulnerable? Why do I feel so apologetic for my existence? Why do I feel <laughs> I'm drawing the narcissists all the time? You know, uh, and it's like, what is it about you yourself? Is it your patterning? Is it your personality style? You know, is it something that you only feel validated if you're doing that? And we've got to be willing to ask those questions, don't we? Yes. And I think it's this level of, you know, once we've asked those questions, it's that level of like that self-acceptance. Because it's like that's where that's where it starts. You know, yes. you can't accept your past. If you can't accept where you are now, you can't um, you can't move forward. You can't grow. You can only grow when you've got to that place of okay, this is who I am, and I feel comfortable with that. Or I don't really like this bit, but that's okay. I'm working on it. 
Right. Because if you haven't got that acceptance or even that self-awareness, you don't know what you're working on. You don't know how, you know, you don't know where you're going. You don't know how to do it. <laughs> and or even I, if it feels possible. <laughs> right. The possibility of it. Yes. Mm. You know, and I also think there's various levels of your own self-development. You can step into love of who you are as a person. You know, I, you know, I feel confident in who I am and how I portray myself and what I'm here to do, meaningful purpose, calling, whatever. But it, it still may not translate into a, a partner relationship, mm -hmm. right? Because there's still that, will they accept me for who I am? Will they try and change me? Will they want the old person? You know, and it's like, it's dragging your past insecurities. But however you have stepped into your own self-love now, there is that little disbelief that will anybody love me in the same light I love myself? Mm, yes, yes. I think the thing is, it's like it's like we were talking about. It's like when you were saying uh, about that thing of like, okay, well they like me, or do I have to do this for them, or you know, kind of going in, into that kind of mode. It's do you want a relationship like that to begin with? Right. <laughs> Because often yeah. we need to see the pain or yes. see the, yes. the, oh, you know, kind of moment. And also the other thing that I love to say as well, would you like to be in a relationship with someone like that? If you're having to work so hard yes. to be seen or to be heard, then clearly they're not the person with the right vision. <laughs> yeah, but also what does it feel like to be in a relationship with someone who's going, I'll do that or I'll look after you, I'll do this. Yeah. And it's like, you don't get to connect with the person. It's like, you know, even down to the city things like, oh, do you, you know, um, you know, pretending to like the same foods or to like the same yeah. films and stuff. It's like, oh, I love don't... tripe. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because you know it, it's it just it ruins the depth of connection and if you haven't got that depth of connection then you haven't got a relationship to begin with so um yeah and I think as well coming back to the, that sort of self-love element one of the most um uh, most well-used steps that I use for this is actually asking people okay what do you value in a person I just about to bring that one up. Yes, yes. Are your values in sync? Right. Yeah, but even like saying, okay, yeah, like you said, are they in sync? Yes. You know, would you, do you like, um, do you value someone who's got that sense of humor? Yes. That sense of, um, I don't know, um, uh, you know, valuing work or being a caring person or whatever it might be and having a look and saying, okay, is that you? Yeah. Because the funny thing is, most people go, okay, I really value someone who's loyal, someone who's caring, someone who's loving. And then when you turn around to say, okay, what would it be like to be in a relationship with that person? Mm -hmm. Amazing. Okay, yes. cool. Out of 10, how many are you out of 10 on these different things? Right. Oh, I'm really high. Wow. So what would it be like to be in a relationship with you? And people forget that. Yes. People forget that they're actually a valuable person to be yes. in a relationship with. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not about, again, I think, I mean, especially for music and peer reoccurring pattern, do I matter in somebody else's life? You know, that's you know, my little nemesis traveling with me all that time uh, because I'm a doer, you know, I'm, I'm a giver and I'm a doer and, you know, that's, that's who I am here to serve. And, and it's it kind of like the almost the mistrust of somebody wanting to do something for me. And that's yes. been, you know, I kind of had to have my cosmic two by four and my bottom out for me to learn to receive because I didn't trust the, yeah, you know, I didn't trust the giving. What, what's the agenda? What do you really want? 
Yes, yes. And it's like, I give freely, but you're giving freely? I don't believe that. I know there's a cost to it. And it's really, and if you're in that mindset, it's hard to come out of it. I was like, it's still something I battle with. But it's that, because we look at relationships almost as transactional, right? And it's like, well, what are you you getting from me? What what, what do I have to give to you? And if you're kind of getting down to that and it's not obvious, then maybe it's not meant to be. Mm. I think it's it's quite funny because like um, as you put in the in the group, like is it easier to give or is it easier to receive? And someone came up with this beautiful answer and said, "Yes, yeah, definitely easier to give because you don't know where the person is. You know, the person who's giving, you don't know where they're giving from." Right. Yeah. I freaking love that. Yeah. It's exactly what you just said. You know, it's that thing of like, you know, can I trust that person? But the other thing is, is what I tend to say to people around this is what is it like when you give a compliment to someone? Because when we actually start to feel like what would it take to actually do something nice to someone? What would it actually take from inside of us to go, do you know, what? I really want to do something to help you. Yeah. And it's connecting to that. It's, it's making us realize, OK, well, that's actually what's coming up in a lot of people when they're yeah. saying, OK, I want to give you something. But what's it like when we actually go, no, I'm good, thanks. No, you put that away. <laughs> right. Or what do you want and, back? Or yes. immediately I've got to give you something back of equal value, you know? Yes. Yeah. And, we're, and we're taking away the pleasure yes. of giving for that person. Yes. That, that's because, been a very hard lesson for me is that oh, yes. we're talking, you know, the greatest gift you can have is actually in the giving. Yes. And if you're denying someone that gift of giving, because you're not accepting or you're not trusting that gift, then you, you're almost slapping your own self in the face. Yes, exactly. And the funny thing is, is it comes back to like, okay, what's the story? Mm. What's the story around um, receiving? And like you were saying, it's like this, sometimes it's this thing of like, okay, I need to give back. Or, uh, well, am I good enough to be able to receive this? <laughs> yeah. Might be. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, you know, yeah. And it's like, um, you know, understanding where is that stemming from? And also, what what would happen if you were willing to be able to be in a place to receive? What could happen? Because yeah. people often don't go to that place. Right. It's <laughs> you know, it's it's the all. Okay, I may not be able to give back, and maybe I'm not meant to give back. But how do I pay it forward? Yes. Yes. Exactly. And I've, I've been very very lucky to have such amazing mentors who've actually you know given mm. a lot of their time for free you know to support me and a big thing for that that they've turned around said is like there's a joy of being able to give yes you know and being a joy to be able to see someone's journey or to yes to do all this stuff to actually do something with someone who actually appreciates and enjoys and sometimes the appreciation and the joy is just enough it's not to it's say the, that we don't want to give more but no no but that's that's the gift back isn't it and it's like yes we, you know we occasionally i will get somebody you know this show changed my life or thank you for the show i changed my perception of this and that and it's you know you don't always get the comments and so when you're putting it out there you don't know but when you do get something coming back thank you for this or you know i the shift was there yes. then you go okay yes you know i know it's working and it just yes. encourages you to carry on doing what you're doing, right? Because you know it's working. If you're doing it always looking for that 
uh, well, why aren't you grateful? Why haven't you said thank you? You're doing it for the wrong reason from the wrong place, right? So yes. don't expect anything back other than knowing that perhaps you've made a difference in that person's life that can just help them move forward. Yes, it's like that three levels of love. Have you heard mm. of that? You know, it's kind of like looking at this thing of like, okay, the first level is almost narcissistic. Mm-hmm. You know, they come in unable to love. They're not in that place. You know, often people are, are alcoholics, have addictions, that kind of thing. Then you have, um, you know, well, they tend to be very self-absorbed. Then you have the next level, which is the transactional phase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll do this, you do that. Yes. Yep. Then you've got level um, level three, which is being able to, you know, give because you want to give. Yes. And then there's actually another one, but it's not very well talked about. And that's kind of like, you know, a guru level where you love everyone and anyone. And it's this kind of enlightened state. (laughs) But most people get stuck at level two. So if you make Mm -hmm. it to level three, you're doing freaking amazing. So probably only a handful of people in the world that have reached that level four. Yeah. I mean, be the love you seek. Yes. You know, um, spend your love. How other people use that love is up to them, not you. And also, because that's, that's so true. And I think the other thing is, because this is a big lesson I had to learn, <laughs> was remembering we all love differently. Yes. Because, oh gosh, for me, you know, my love language is, you know, um, words of affirmation, physical touch. That's mm. the way where I feel loved. My partner's is active service. So I'd be like, oh, why haven't you hooked me today? Why haven't you said you love me? Um, But I've had about five or six cups of tea made for me throughout the day, (laughs) you know? So it's it's almost like um, even communicate, you know, what do you need? What do you need to be able to feel love? Because that's the thing, you know, you learn learn to, um, you know, collaborate together to create the relationship that you want. That's the important bit. Yes, yes. You know, kind of what you decide, what will make you feel loved. And, and for me, it's if I'm in the arms of someone, their arms are around me and I feel home. Mm, yes, yes. You know, it's just that this is my place. Yes. Right. So your physical touch. Yes. You know, yeah. you have those arms yes. around you, they mean it. We've got each other. We've yes. got each other. This is our sanctuary. We're home. We can yes. weather anything together. I love that. Yes, because it's you can't fake a hug, can you? No, you can't. There's the uh, uh, and the right, uh, uh, and there's the oh, you can put me on, you know. <laughs> but it's that, you know, it's that hug, and it's it. I've always described it like the empty arm syndrome, where you feel you need to have your arms around someone and let mm-hmm. that love flow mm-hmm. through your arms. And you know, I do it with my children. They know I'm a hugger wugger. You know, they know they've got a hug mom, you know, mom's the hugger. And of course the baby, you know, uh, (laughs) you know, it's like, mom, stop devouring him. And then they do the same, you know, (laughs) just can't help it, a little grandson, you know. Uh, I used to do it with my dog, there'd be lipstick on her all the time. And, you know, I'm just one of those people (laughs) I need, you know, that because that's, my love is is bursting from me and it wants to go down through my arms and connect. Yeah, there's something so so energetic about physical touch, isn't there? Yeah. Well, Mm. we are all energy. Yes. And it's how we use our energy is how is it going to be received and reciprocated? Yes. Right? So is, you know, um, plant your seeds, water and nurture them, but be careful what seeds you're planting because that's what's going to grow. What you feed is what's going to grow. (laughs) And if you're doing 
things from a place of love, because you have become the love, you are the love, then that is what's going to be received and reciprocated. And also the ripple effect, yes. right? That's going to go out there. You know, we look at love and we immediately think of relationship as a child or relationship with a partner. And we forget about the central love of life of being connected to life, to living, to what we're doing, to the exuberance of life, the companionship, the, you know, the friends, the collaborations, the everything, that if we could do it from that place of love, then we're creating yes. a love platform that ripples out and invites love back. Yes, I freaking love that. Absolutely love that. True hippie, love us all. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're almost questioning, like, why can't everyone be like that? Well, you know, I I mean, I've always been a person from from love, but I was a wounded soul. Mm. You know, the love that I was giving was just looking for someone to love me back. And if somebody loves me back now, that's wonderful. Would I like to have a partner that, that, you know, we can feel sanctuary together? Fantastic. I don't need it. I would like it because I've now become the love that I sought for. Uh, And I didn't realize it was with me all the time. Oh, and that's such an important lesson. Mm. (laughs) You've got to be willing to go through the process, though. You've got to be willing to look at, like, why did I invite that narcissist? Twice, three, four times. Why did I keep doing that? What, what was it about these people that I was attracted to and that I yes. felt that I needed in my life? Because being their coach, the counselor, I helped them. So it, me, it made me feel needed, right? Yes. Then when they didn't need you anymore, you didn't feel wanted. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I think it's so important because, you know, you think about what's out there at the moment and you, you look around for the, the dating advice and it's say these 10 things to make them, make them fall in love with you and, you know, send these texts and, oh, you'll win his heart over if you just say this sentence. And oh God, I actually looked at the sentence just for a laugh. It was like, I believe in you. I was like, oh, God. Vomit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because it's not sincere. It's not yeah. true. And, it's and how can you believe in this... someone you don't know? Right. Right. But it's also looking for this level of external, like these how-to logical yes. steps to enjoy emotional love. No. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I love you. You know, twinkle, twinkle in the eyes. And it's like, well, what, what do you love about me? Everything. Yes. No, break it down. Yes. <laughs> It's like it's when love turns into the strategic game rather than just being able to connect and go, I see you, you see me. I think one of the things that really surprised me going into my relationship was like, whoa, I can be seen as a human. Right. (laughs) Yes, I can. Yes. (laughs) And I think in the first few weeks of our relationship, I kept saying, I can be human around you. And it was just this profound thing, you know, after being, you know, but so focused on and um, protecting myself after narcissistic relationships yes. and things like that. So that's actually safe. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's kind of been one of my, I'm, I'm a very spiritual person and that's the mm-hmm. kind of spiritual energy I put across there. And, you know, for most of my life, it's been, she's a freak. 
right? So, you know, because of the things I do and see, and I can be around people and suddenly they look at me and go, you see me, don't you? Because I have a way of seeing mm. people from the inside out. I can see your core. I know you're trying to pull the wool over your own eyes and my eyes, and it's just not working. So I make people feel uncomfortable. But kind of I consider that part of my job because I'm shaking you up to your yes. own facade, right? And uh, I'm very open about my own insecurities because I've been trying to fit into a dysfunctional humanity and it hasn't worked and it's upset my own equilibrium. But when I stay in my own my own zone of energy and my own spirituality, whether I find that person that can match that energy or not, it doesn't matter. It's like I'm safe here. I feel at home here. I'm enough here. Right. Yes. So, you know, it's why are we always looking for that someone. I want to belong. Oh. We all want to belong. <laughs> we all want to belong. But you've got to belong to yourself first. You know? Yes. I love you. Funny, even the relationship. I, mean, I love I love my partner very much. I don't belong to him. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're not <laughs> property. Right, just yes. like I don't suddenly become his pet or vice versa, you know, for recalls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pat me on the head, wag my tail. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of comes with this like patriarchal thing, doesn't it? But it's yes. like, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if you want a, a true loving relationship, you need to be equals. You need to be equals. That's super important because if you think about how self-aware people are, you know, few people are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the last thing you want is suddenly a dance partner who's going to go ahead and tread all, tread all over your feet because right. they're not self-aware. So it's having someone who meets you where you're at, that level of equalness, because that's the only way you're going to have that healthy relationship. Otherwise, you have the parent-child dynamic yeah. or, yeah. you know, this push-pull thing, and it's just yucky. <laughs> yeah, and it's exhausting. It is. Yes. But, but let's look at what is equal. It doesn't mean your bank balance has to be the same. Your job positions have to be the same. Your status in society has to be the same. It means that you're equal of heart and energy and love. And that when you come together, I have a beautiful picture that I have of a man and a woman uh, facing each other. And then in the middle is a face that faces out. We nice. want you, uh, I have um, a butterfly tattoo. It's two butterflies forming an X. And the X in the Celtic runes um, is gift. It is a gift of partnership. So mm. this tattoo was done for the gift of partnership with my children. Right. Aww. We We don't want to lose ourselves. Or, you know, become something else. What we want to do is that to that complementary. I compliment you. You compliment me. And when we come together, we are, you know, indestructible because of that complementary way of looking at life, living life and being to one another. But it's not losing your own identity. Yes. Yes. So, so true. So, so true. It's... Like I said, it's being seen and being accepted and being loved for who you are and vice versa. Now we can talk about dating because you are, <laughs> you know, you found that love of self. You know who you are. You know what your boundaries are. You know what you're looking for. You are not out there with a fishing rod, you know, to catch the next fish. You're out there to share your energy and looking for people who will match it. So, mm. you know, now we're looking at the dating game and it's hard for people to meet people. And we talked about this in the group. Where do you go to meet people? Right. Yes. And, you know, I'm a person that works seven hours a day online. 
and I, I don't belong to groups and things like that, churches or anything else. And it's like, I don't really, unless it's accidental meeting, get out to meet people. Mm -hmm. And we're in a totally different structure of how we meet one another nowadays. But, it, you know, A, how do we meet people? B, also, don't be afraid to approach someone if you're the woman. Don't wait always for the man, right? <laughs> So I'd, I'd say the focus is to begin with before you even think about dating is understanding who you're compatible with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like we were talking about before, you know, when you're looking for a partner, you're looking for an equal. So I've actually got a compatibility matrix on our website that people can go ahead and check out. And there's six really fundamental core elements that are really important to check out. So it's looking at things like, okay, what are your goals? Mm. What do you really value? What are your interests? If I said, okay, you're going to go ahead and talk about something for, um, you know, three or four hours about changing the subject, what could you passionately dive into? Yeah. Because that I, you know, that I would be connected to. <laughs> yes, yes. Because the last thing you want to do is suddenly go on a date and you've got someone chatting to you about football. And it's like, oh, touch football. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you're never going to feel that connection. You're going to feel resentful. You're going to feel bored. You're not going to feel connected to that person. So it's kind of like this element of looking within again, like what's going to suit you? What's going to, what are you going to really enjoy? And, uh, you know, if I think about my partner and I, we love psychology. We could happily yes. talk about psychology, body language, profiling, yeah. um, you know, all these different things. And the other thing that we, we, we prioritize is this element of personal development and also personal growth. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we love the aspect that we can grow as individuals and grow as a couple. And we also accept that our greatest strengths, you know, our individual strengths and our individual weaknesses are the strengths and weaknesses of the relationship. Yeah. And that's super important because you suddenly realize, okay, it impacts a huge element. But these are the bits that I'd be looking at to begin with. So there's two options from this place. And I usually work with people very intent, you know, and very um, intensively on these areas because it's so important to get right. I don't believe in go and stand in a bar and you know, yes. hopefully someone so dangerous and it's just so wrong. And what type of people hang out there and what type of people are going the wrong to invitation. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. And, um, you know, I think a lot's changed as well with the Me Too movement. Yeah. You know, most, most men, most people are afraid of being able to approach someone. Yes. You know, just in case of what that means or being right. threatening or anything like Central that. Sexual harassment. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. only said hello. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so when you actually have that understanding of who's compatible with you, it's really important then to take that and say, okay, what do I want people to appreciate about me or understand about me? So when you're looking at, you know, creating a dating profile, create it from that space. Let's say that you love English literature. Great. Chuck that on there. Right. You know, it's not about, you know, most people tend to go um, and say things like, um, oh, I love a night in with Netflix and a bottle of wine and chocolates. Yeah. Everyone freaking does. Be yes. different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, so it's being able to have something where people go, wow, okay, I love English literature too. Yeah. Great. I'm going to connect with that. Um, uh, and the other thing is if you're thinking about, um, you know, connecting organically, again, what's those interests? Where are you going to meet someone with that kind of interest or those kind of values? How can you recognize that? Because that's what's going to make your dating experience so much easier. And like I said, I've had people meet in as little as 21 days being able just to take that concept and run with it. 
So online dating, mm -hmm. which I think is probably the only way I'm going to kind of get anywhere with it. And, and you know, it's also, I remember going on one online and putting my thing in there and I talked about what I want and the area that I wanted it in. And I ended up with people from all over the place with mullets and wife beaters. <laughs> you know, and it's oh, like, and, and, and I get pursued all the time on social media. Oh, you're mm -hmm. pretty. Oh, you're this, you're that. Are you single? Mm -hmm. Are you that? And I just say married, 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 you know. Um, yeah. And it just gets to be a ball because half the time you think it's a con or it's, you know, you, you know, yeah, no. But it, you know, the, I, it's which dating site do you go to? You know, um, how do you know that that person is authentic? And, you know, one can even have like the virtual coffee first mm -hmm. before meeting someone, right? And kind of look but for certain signs and things. To start off with, before we sort of dive down the online dating group, what makes you say that that's going to be your only option? Because this is the thing, with, you know, where you don't have to go out. It doesn't mean if you're not going to go out and meet people locally or meet people in events and things like that. It's not to say that you don't, you just have to automatically go to online dating. So there's still other ways to play around Okay, with it. I want to mm. know, baby, I want to know. <laughs> I know, you know, for example, my partner and I, we didn't, we didn't meet, um, uh, we didn't meet on online and we didn't meet, um, sorry, we didn't meet on online dating. You know, we've, we met on a, on a lot of things like hypnotherapy, for example. And that's, and that's how we met each other. We, we lived about like 150 miles apart before we met. So it's, it's not to just suddenly discount, you know, the opportunities that are out there. Because at the end of the day, if you meet the right one and you recognize the right one and they recognize you're the right one, you're going to do everything to make it work. You're going to prioritize each other and prioritize that relationship. So kind of going back to this online then, the other thing that's really cool is that with the profiling that we have, we're able to teach people how to profile online dating profile. Mm. So for example, we had someone um, who joined our team and uh, before I take anyone on, if they say that they can do something, I love to be able to test them out first. Mm -hmm. And this guy, he is the uh, real life Sherlock Holmes. Let's just put it that way. Right. So he can, um, he's actually been asked by the, the English police force to solve crimes without leaving his house, mm. which he's happily done, you know, with the information he's had and he's managed to work he's out. He's a deducer. Yeah, he's incredible. Um, and he said he could, you know, deduce loads of things from <coughs> profiles. So I was like, oh, okay, then well, I'll see how good this is. So I went online and I actually found an article about a guy who was a murderer, who was a pedophile, who was done like crazy, disgusting crimes. And um, on that article, there was his dating profile. So I took off those um, uh, those pictures from the from the article and set it up like I just done screenshots and said, okay, what can you tell me about this person? And no word of a lie, I got a voice note back. <laughs> he was in the bath, so I could hear dripping in the background. That <laughs> <laughs> um, he basically told me everything about that person within three minutes. He said, okay, this guy is violent. This guy, um, he's dressed dressed in this way, which is telling me that he's he wants to sort of attract children, and so he's got paedophile tendencies. Um, he's got. Um, you know, he's married because I can see X, Y, and Z. There was all these different things that he came up with in three minutes. We've actually got the video on our YouTube channel as well for people to check out. 
because it shows how much you can take in right from uh, from just a picture you know yes. seeing someone's set you know facial expressions yes to see if there's someone who's emotionally available or not for example um you know seeing their lifestyle because you're mm. going to see the background you're going to see the things that they enjoy because they're going to put that on their profile if they're more of a social person or a, a person who likes to be alone i'm more of a hermit i love being a hermit yeah. <laughs> i'm an extrovert you know. introvert so i like being yes. introverted yeah. yes i am that yes <laughs> Be like yes I can go and do a four-day event and love it and work the room and then that's it afterwards yep. it's like yeah I need Netflix a week and a bottle of wine and chips yes <laughs> uh, yes but yeah and then once you're able to do that you can basically get a good feel for that person before you've even sent the first message right and, and then the messaging thing oh my gosh you can read so much as well from that so yes. I've been able to tell people okay that's a narcissist well, that person the way they've constructed that sentence they're lying mm. so there's so much you can even pick up from there so you're staying safe and making an informed decision before you actually decide to go ahead and meet that person in person right right yes it's um and i think also i think if if you're projecting out with good intent that vibration in your profile that is going to get picked up by somebody with a matching vibration. Yes. Yeah. And I'd say as well, because you also have narcissists who recognize kind people. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Moth yeah. to a flame. <laughs> yes. And you know, the thing about narcissists, they are the most gregarious, charming people you will meet. So if it's too good to be true. <laughs> You know, which is yes. that first that's how it feels uh you know question <laughs> yes yeah. yes and then you, you can get as well um and the, these are more difficult to spot is the over and um, the covert narcissist yeah and they are the pity parties so you have the overt narcissist that you said you know everything's great too good to be true it's amazing and then the other uh, other end of the um spectrum the covert, they like to be the unsung hero mm. and kind of love to be the victim. And they'll look for that adulation and, you know, that build up, that's the, you know, the, um, you know, the compliments and things like that for their identity from that person, but from an underhanded way. Yeah. Like, you don't love me, do you? Oh, I managed to do this for the thing. Do you think they'll appreciate it? Oh, yes, yeah. you're a very good person for doing that. You know, yes. they kind of do that kind of yeah. thing. And that the, can be they're hard. energy suckers. Yes, yes. And uh, they're, they're tough to spot at times, but they're even tougher to spot when it's a woman. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Like looking through my friendships um, when I was uh, younger, it was like, oh, oh my gosh, you know, no wonder that friendship didn't last when I started learning about personal development and things like that. And it's like, yes. oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> it can be a journey. Oh, God, you know, I, <clears throat> as my son will say, mom, you really know how to pick up. And he's talking about his dad as well, you know, and Aww. there was a recent um, event from my son's birthday. They bought this wonderful Airbnb by beautiful Lake Carriage and it's lovely. We were all there celebrating my son's birthday and his dad was coming in and I was going to go home. But there was a 20 year storm there and trees down and power down. And it was like, no, you're not going anywhere, mom. It's because I have a particular area that can be very dangerous to drive in bad mm. weather. So it ended up being being there. And then my son was saying, I, I, I want to talk. Dad, why 
can't you show love? Why can't you be there? Why can't you do this? And he started going mm. into stories of his youth, which kind of explained why he was always about, you've got to be tough, you've got to be tough and, and protect. And then he said, I think I was a good father, but I know I was a lousy husband. And it was like, mm. yeah, you know, he was never meant to be husband material. I was teaching him how to love through his children, you know, uh, and I was, you know, I was there to show him what he could be. Um, and as a spiritual counselor, I was his counselor. I was there for all of that. But yes. he, I was still not enough. And I never would be for somebody who has never felt enough in his own life. Yes. And um, from what you've shared with me, it sounds like this is, this is the interesting part. Like when, when we people have gone through, this is a common pattern, I've gone through this too. When we go through like narcissistic patterns of being with narcissists, what we tend to do is we tend to go to the complete opposite end of the spectrum. And this is where we get, and I don't know any, uh, too much about your, your ex-husband, but um, uh, from the little you shared me, I'm guessing there could have been a mother enmeshment pattern. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that's exactly what we do. We go, yeah. oh, okay, I've been, yeah. I've been controlled. Cool. I'm going to yeah. be the healer now. <laughs> yes. And uh, the beauty of that is, like you were saying, like the, the perfect example of what you're saying is like, oh, gosh, they've been seen. Yes. And there's often they resent a res you. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that's a resentment of, um, you know, a resentment, a resentment of their mother as a child. Right. And that gets projected. And then they <laughs> loathe you. Right. Yes. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah don't repeat yeah. my, my mistake please folks learn from it <laughs> been there been there i get yeah. it <laughs> yeah. and then and then i got drawn to someone else where we could i mean i like you i love the psychological conversation that can go on eight yes. hours you know i hunger for that and i found somebody like that we went into business together then we fell into a relationship together mm. very kind of hot and passionate for a short period of time and then his attention span is elsewhere and then it was gone, but we kind of lived under the same roof for another nine years, even though the relationship was gone. And it was like, um, you know, that's why my kids say, you pick a mom. But it it was the same thing. I, I kind of took him out of his cave and showed him what he was capable of. And then once he was yes. capable of it, I could no longer serve him. Yes, I think this yeah. is the other thing as well. It's like when, because um, we, my partner and I really had to find the balance um, even with business and our interests and yeah. things like that as well. And, uh, you know, I had a very codependent pattern. So the first thing I wanted to do was like, come on, you come do the business with me. We can yeah. do this together. It's going to be amazing. And it was like, um, you know, it kind of took a lot of the, the chemistry out of the relationship. Yes. And it was like, oh, gosh. And sometimes, like, it, it, this is where people suddenly, you know, suddenly think, okay, what, what, how can I bring that chemistry back in? Why is the attraction gone? Mm. And it's this element of having space. Yes. You and need that, your oh, alone time. You right. need your me time. It's important. Yes, yes. Yes. And it's like, you know, you need that. It's like coming back to the first thing that who you are is this individual yes. person. Yes. And and we, you know, I think with all the TV and the conditioning and yeah. everything, all of a sudden we expect it to be like this. Yes. And it's like no. glued. glued. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, you're both two individual people building a, a fantastic relationship together. Yes. And um and it's also being comfortable with the space. And I think that was one of the hardest parts of my journey 
because I was like always, you know, even down to when I think about when I was a baby, I had colic as a baby. Mm. So my poor mum, she used to have this um, uh, this thing that she'd just keep me tied to her all the time because even if I was sleeping and she was trying to put me down, that'd be I'd be crying. Right. I could happily do that as an adult. Yes. <laughs> just hang off someone, yeah. you know, who's really close to you. Yeah. <laughs> so this the thought of space back then was like terrifying. It's like, oh my gosh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna die. <laughs> Can yeah. I touch you? Can I just I was the other the spectrum there, the age of two, the Asian flu went round England and oh, I got yes. um, asthma and eczema and I was in and out of hospital oh. and I, the moment I started sneezing or coughing, I was put to bed, uh, no TV, no tablets, no phone, oh. no phones, no radio. Yes. And I would spend hours upon hours upon hours and weeks and days and months on my own. And yeah, I'd get my meals or if I had an attack, they were there. Otherwise, I was on my own. And that's kind of when I started kind of doing my dimensional traveling and, and you know, really diving into the other worlds because mm. my own world sucked. And it was also being a highly spiritual person in a world that didn't understand it. And so yes. I went through my life feeling completely and utterly alone, even in a crowd. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, but now I've got to the point, I'm no longer alone. I'm no longer lonely. I love my alone time. Yeah. I like time with myself. I'm no longer lonely. Yes. I think as well, if you, in terms of partners and things, actually meeting someone who appreciates or is living that spirituality too. Yeah. Oh, huge. Has yes. to be. Yes. Has to be. Otherwise, they okay. don't get me. I am entirely exactly. that. You know? <laughs> Yeah. I'm an open book. People say, well, what I listen to my shows. <laughs> there I am. <laughs> you know, that's Sarah. <laughs> and I yeah. can be too much for certain people because my energy can get rather high. And, 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 you know, if I'm too much for you, then I know you can't cope with me. So yes. Okay. Right? yes. I think that was something that um, Jonah Mapala said around me and said it. It's like, I don't have to dull myself around, you know, down right. to be with you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and you know, along with that energy also comes the not the crash points, but the recharging points where you just simply yes. want to be in that space, recharge, switch off. And yes. uh, you know, and there's well, I want to do this now. No, 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 you know, I I, I can't do this now. It's recharging time. You know? <laughs> Ask me so when I'm go, fully charged, you know. Yeah, that's when you go, go on, then I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah, and that's the other thing I think. You know, you talked about somebody having football. Oh, fine, if that's your interest, great. That's your passion. Yes. Go off and play football. It's your outlet. It's what you do. I don't necessarily have to hear blow by blow. You can come back after a game. I had a great game. I scored a goal. It was great feeling. Yes. But, you know, it doesn't have to be that where the soccer takes over everything. It's the same as somebody may have a different passion from you. Understand and want to participate in each other's passion to hear why they're so passionate about it and what good time they had. But it doesn't have to be a step by step. And you've got to enjoy my passion because it's my passion. Yes. Like I said, you know, it's like, you know, talk about compromise. It's like you're compromising yourself if you're going off and doing something that you don't want to do. And also, why am I in the freezing rain, cold, watching this idiots kick the ball around? Right. uh, You know, it's it's the thing of like uh, the element of being able to bring something different into the relationship as well. Yes. You know, it's like, um, you know, people are able to go off and have the, um, you know, to go off and see their friends away from you. There's that space. And within that space, there's desire. 
there's yes. you know you've got that space to miss each other a little yes. bit to sort of fantasize about each other a little bit and then you've got that amazing connection time to reconnect over something because if you're living groundhog day yeah tied to the hip to each other you're going to have nothing new to share with each about. other exactly no exactly there's another word that we haven't talked about that really opens up to that there are so many people that get jealous of your mm. friendship relationships, you know, especially if it's with the opposite sex, you've got to be having an affair with them. You can't be friends with the opposite sex or even like, you know, I was a huge volunteer, you know, in the schools and it's like, you know, the volunteering, you know, got jealous over that because the attention wasn't on them. Right. Mm. So if, if the person is saying you're spending too much time with your friends, or you're doing this and that red flag, mm-hmm. red flag, it's their insecurity that they're imposing upon you. And, and you, uh, I mean, if it's like you're, uh, you're spending more time with them than the other, that's different. You can question it. But if it is now, no, I don't want you hanging out with those people. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a real importance to find what works for both of you. Because, for example, if you're in a situation where you can see someone has not got good intentions and you see the partners around that person, that's like, you know, I often see like jealousy as either two things. It's the fear of not being enough. Yeah. Or there's just an element of not feeling safe. Right. And it's distinguishing which two are they and then understanding what you need. Because I, I know, I know a, um, a couple uh, who are super self-aware, like, you know, a uh, crazy amount of uh, um, background in psychology and social engineering and all these crazy things. And, you know, when they um, when one has to go and travel um, for more than eight days, their partner will come with them. Right. And that's the way of them, you know, feeling safe and feeling connected. So it's almost like when we, when we talk about relationships, there's no, there's none of this one size fits all. Yes. It's finding what works for both of you and collaborating. Yeah. So it's like, okay, if let's say that someone's got an, an issue from the past and they're going, oh, well, you know, I was cheated on in the past, da, 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 da. Yes. Okay. It's not their job to help you heal, but there's this element of, okay, do you care enough to allow me to feel safe? Right. <laughs> I, will, <laughs> I will heal in that relationship the more and more I feel safe with you. Yes, right. because, that's, because that's what you're building. You're building up yeah. trust. You know, jealousy often comes back to, you know, self-worth and trust. And, and the need to control someone, that is also coming from an inner insecurity because mm. if you feel that you need to control someone the fear of losing them or you've got to be empowered over them and then again that issue is within you and yes. you know one thing i think we need to understand about narcissism and depending on the different degrees of it a narcissist will never admit they have anything wrong or that they're doing anything wrong it is yes. always your fault don't try and fix them. Don't try and help them because it's like the alcoholic until you met, I'm an alcoholic and I need help. Um, you can't help them. You can't help anybody unless they ask for the help. And then, you know, now please guide me to healing myself. I, am, I admit what I am. A narcissist will never admit what they are. It's always everybody else's fault. Yeah. I mean, a true narcissist cannot be cured. 
No. Because when we're talking about empathy, when we are given a, a compliment or have something bad happen to us, so a, a compliment will actually release um, serotonin and uh, dopamine into the brain. And that's more addictive than a class A drug. So that's how right. we control people through empathy. Yes. Well, if a narcissist is not getting that spike, Right. And not getting that, that, you know, that drug, that, that, that need to be filled, then there's no, um, there's no juicy carrot for them to change. There's right. nothing there to go, okay, this is going to be beneficial because what's benefiting them is that level of control of how to yes. manipulate people. Yes. They get a kick out of it. That's their yes. adrenaline. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know you've got this wonderful program that is coming up. I mean, I was, I was a part of this uh, kind of data delta, delta, whatever, you know, alpha, whatever <laughs> program there. And I love the way you're doing it because you have a bunch of women in, in the thing and it's just asking us questions and it's asking us to throw into chat and then you're going to devise kind of a program from that. So tell us more about that. Also more about what you actually offer your clientele. Yeah. So one of the main things that we do is the Love with Intelligence Academy. So with that, we've got the meet the one guarantee within that. Um, uh, basically, because it's so freaking good that, my, you know, we have people meet the one. And plus, um, I find that so many programs out there say, yes, OK, come and do this dating program or whatever it might be. And they don't get the result. I don't want to be one of those people. I want right. you to be able to enjoy that relationship. So we go through everything from healing from evolving your approach to understanding how to profile, understanding how to um, you know, attract the right one, how to fully connect on that deeper level, and then how to actually develop that relationship so it can be long lasting as mm. well, because no one gets taught on how to develop and create a healthy relationship. The sustainability of that relationship, yes. right? Oh, I got them now. We're going to live happily ever after. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the end yeah yes. it is actually the end of your relationship because nobody's shown you how to sustain it yeah. right yeah you know and, and this is the thing you know we live by these fairy tales as soon as they get married that's it the yes. fairy tales gone it's like okay well then what yeah exactly <laughs> exactly reality comes into it folks and then yes. what do you do you're not prepared for the reality no right. no and then we fall back either into parent or parents did before or um, if we really disliked what they did, we do completely the well, trying to do the completely yeah. opposite. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. So you've got this wonderful other program coming up. So that's the big program that you have. But there's other group thing that you're doing right now, which I think is marvelous, and I think it's really invitational. Of course, you do one on one, but you do small groups and bigger groups, and there's yes. there's some uh, some camaraderie to being in a part of a group because you know that you know we, we're all going through it, and we can laugh about it. You know, like. You asked me, asked us, you know, what one question about what's in the, what's, you know, your fear. And I go, well, well my age, I'm 67, right? And the other was, you, you know, fantastic. farting. Come on, put you there. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. All an illusion. And the other one, you know, I said farting, which, you know, is actually true because you end up that you, you have some physical problems down the road as you get older and you kind of like, oh, does anybody want to take you on with those physical problems? Right. Uh, and that's actually yes. becomes a real fear as you get older, you know, is, mm. you know, things don't work as they used to. And, you know, with a guy, you always assume he's want to go out with somebody younger and, you know, more energetic and you can't match that energy. And it really does become kind of a, a self stigmatization. Yeah. Comes back to what do you prioritize about you? Because nothing mm. doesn't 
matter mm. who you are you're always gonna have something where you're like oh gosh I'm not happy about this whether it's yes. you know you think about emotions whether it's about a you know logical side whether it's about a physical side spiritual side you know it comes back to what are you prioritizing because if you can suddenly look at the good bits and go wow someone can be in a relationship with that someone can really yeah. value that and then it's meeting someone who values that and also you know has that element within themselves too that you can connect on yes. then all the other bits and pieces don't freaking matter right exactly <laughs> you know? exactly exactly yeah so you know i i actually had a one one with fun that um um and it's it's sex after 70 and uh, she basically her libido completely had gone due to her the drug she was on and she went back Aww. to her daughter and said i want you know i want i want a bit of sex drive and so we changed her medicine and she said well how do i get the sex drive and he said watch porn and so she would go into, <laughs> she actually go into the stores and kind of buy the porn things to try and get herself self-stimulated and and she's written oh this great gosh. book on you know sex life after 70 because for a lot of people they you're too old no we're not i, I have the oldest no. person i've interviewed is 89 who took on a new lover three years ago you know i so, love this so they actually it, say yeah that more people are actually sexually active after 70 right that's what they actually say yeah you know, you've got less stress no work yeah <laughs> so exactly. you're able to really enjoy it More time. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, exactly so it ain't over until it's over right so you know exactly. don't buy into that stigmatization so uh, you know i know you've got this group coming up do you know when you're going to be having that and everything yeah so that's going to be launched on the 3rd of january so that's a eight-week program and it goes into healing from um, narcissistic relationships previous relationships and getting to a place where you're able to actually enjoy a relationship and how how to go on and find that type right, of relationship yeah, so ready so, for the action yes yes yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> and, you know it's what was it the einstein said um the state of insanity is repeating the same thing over and over again and and it's like we know it hasn't worked and we know that if we don't shift our programming if we don't kind of insert a new program a new approach a new um a, a new dynamic to it we're going to repeat the same old thing and uh, yes. you may be aware of it but having somebody take you through the abc steps of it where you can go oh okay i, I know i do that but i can now actually press delete on that yeah right? or, or i can recognize when it's coming up as a red flag and go down you go you know yes and, and it's having those techniques that allow you to do that which is really really important because we may be aware we know we're repeating the same patterns and we can say oh well i'm not going to do it next time but if you haven't really gone into the deep level of that programming and changed it i guarantee take it from me you're going to repeat the pattern <laughs> yes exactly and there's such power in awareness you yeah. know there's even been that study hasn't there yes. <laughs> where, um, you know with the program protons or as it protons yeah. or molecules or something yeah. they carry out this experiment get xyz result and then they try to um do the uh, experiment again with a camera watching the particles or protons or molecules or whatever they are. i can say i'm so scientific <laughs> and because the camera's watching them the the outcome is completely different mm. And I think, you know, we, you know, if that's got that level of consciousness, well, it shows that when we have awareness, we've got yes. consciousness of what we're doing, we have the power to change it. And that's just super, super important on that journey. You know, the terminology change your tune. Well, yes. you know, what is tune? It's frequency. 
What is frequency? It hurts. What is that? It's vibration. What is that? It's energy. Yes. So when we change all our tune, our energy, frequency, vibration, and everything else to a different channel, we're going to get different kind of music. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's brilliant. <laughs> I have to have you back again. You're an absolute delight. You know, it's oh, been a pleasure you. having you here. And I said, I love your program with what you're doing. And, um, you know, it's, there's a sense of humor in it. There's a sense of camaraderie in it, but there's also a sense of realism, you know, and it doesn't matter what age you are. You know, we, we all would love to have somebody in our lives that to love, because that's what we're designed for to love and be loved in trust mm. and in collaboration and companionship and to know that we count in each other's lives, right? That's what we're all looking yes. for, whether it's a full-time thing or, you know, like you live separately and you come together, it doesn't matter. That's up to you how you're going to, you know, design it, but it's just finding that someone that you can share with. And that's mm. what we're designed for that. You know, my left hand, my right hand, both do different things, but when they come together and they lock, look how strong they are right yes. so we're looking for that we're looking for that lock there and we all deserve it we all do deserve it we're all meant to have it because that's what really we are meant to be as human beings we are love we can spend that love we can share that love and we can find that love and if we could all actually scientifically rise our hurts up into the love vibration we actually will start being healing not only to humanity but to this planet because this planet is very out of balance right now because the humans on it are extremely out of balance so we not only owe it to ourselves but we owe it to the planet the next generation and to this you know to to everybody that knows us to get in sync with ourselves yes. love thyself first right and then share your good vibrations <laughs> yes i love that I mean, we never regret real love do we no <laughs> You know, I'm, you know, going to love us all, love us all. Yes. <laughs> and as corny as it is, it is. Love ah. is all. And, uh, you know, when we truly actually understand what love is and all the beautiful dynamics of love, all the beautiful layers of love, then we actually truly understand what is the meaningful purpose of life. Oh, yes. Yes. I couldn't have said that any better beautiful now how do people get hold of you and um, do they can they have a conversation with you beforehand or can they sign up for various levels um, yes you know, tell us all of that <laughs> so the best place to check out check us out is our website so that's lovewithintelligence.com um there's also an opportunity to book a 15 minute insights call so if you do want to learn more or if there's a specific problem that you're struggling with we can work that out with you and then there's various free trainings and things like that as well as our programs too i know you're based in england but you're international we are indeed, yes. So it's just a question of, you know, aligning the time zones, right? Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah, we've got people all over the world, Melbourne, Canada, New Zealand. Mm -hmm. So it's been brilliant. I love all the accents. <laughs> yes, I've got a boring English accent here today. <laughs> no. Uh, I love what you're doing. You know, keeping love alive. You know, um, we, as I said, we're all deserving of love. And, but before we go out and seek someone to complete us, we've got to learn to be that love ourselves and then we'll find somebody that will compliment us. So Yes, yes, that's so important, that complimenting, you know, element. Complete yourself. 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> that is the message. Yes. Be your completion and then you will find your collaboration, right? Yeah. Exactly. That's very, very important. And be compassionate with yourself. You know, we're so good at beating ourselves up and persecuting ourselves and letting external judgment you know, it become the inner judgment. And it's just lighten up, please lighten up. I don't care what mistakes you've made in the past. They're in the past. You know better today. Apply and move on. <laughs> thank you so much, my darling. I know it's bedtime for you over there. Oh, so. <laughs> no, thank you so much. No, I really appreciate it. And thank I really you. would like to have you back on again, for sure. And, uh, you know, uh, we all need help in our relationships, you know, with self, um, and you know with love and you know my my wonderful 88 year old that i live with she lost her fiance four days before the wedding he was killed oh. in a drunk driver and uh, but she went on to have 56 years of companionship not lesbianism companionship with oh. a woman friend where the love for each other you know they lived together they traveled together sometimes they worked together and they had such a bond of love so you know your relationship may not have anything to do with being a sexual relationship it may be just companionship you're looking for but whatever you're looking for somebody out there is looking for the same and you're mm -hmm. just waiting to find each other right so do the inner work so you can find the outer experience thanks very much lily uh, thank you so much until next time folks be the love that you seek bye for now We hope that you enjoyed the show. You will hear many, many shows here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. We have new shows for you out every week. Just find them on our podcast or, or what's new. If you feel that you have something to share that makes a difference in the lives of others, or you too feel that you could be a host, please contact me at info at selfdiscoverymedia.com and we will be glad to speak with you. Have a wonderful day.